And once you acknowledge it and recognize it, things will begin to change for you because you will be looking at the world from a different lens. Hello, all you experiencers out there. Welcome to the Spirited Body Podcast, another episode. This is the podcast about activating and living from your spirit and your daily actions and experiences. And my guides want to show you how to do it and interpret your life through the lens of your highest self so it can be easier, joyful, more satisfying. After all, we are all just spirits in a physical body. I'm James, I'm your host, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, friend, entrepreneur. Oh, dear. Katie. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm okay. How are you? Good. Yeah. Good. Ready to do this. <laughs> Ready to get this information. I do want to say that uh, as I was doing this channel, okay. um, I was interrupted by, yeah, you told me this. This I don't love this, but go ahead. I was interrupted. <laughs> this is not my favorite work part of what your work is. Just um, so you know, I was interrupted during the channel um, by because I I usually channel on my bed, like you just sit with there with your computer, with, pull out my computer, and I, you know, meditate and then start channeling and I type it out. And um, so I was there. I was in the middle of the channel, and something pushed my mattress. Something knocked and wiggled my mattress. And um, I was like, you know, I'm in the middle of work here. Can you wait till I'm done? And um, that was literally <laughs> my response as I was talking to them. And this um, sort of lost spirit came to me and was an indigent person. You know, I live, I don't know if you're aware about my house, it's literally right next to a cemetery. Like I can throw a baseball and I mean, I, throw it into the cemetery. I mean, I you know like, I've been to your house several times, yes. but I'm just now making that connection. Yeah, I know. Enough. Most people don't really realize that it's that the cemetery is literally right next to it. So, um, I, I I do happen to every once in a while I get something, someone wandering into my field, and this one was a little more loud, and it just wanted me to help it. It was lost. It was a, it, he, he said, I'm on a journey, but I could clearly tell it was someone that was an indigent, indigent, um, someone, I'm sorry, that's not the word, someone that it was unhoused and had a pretty rough existence and they just passed and they didn't, they still didn't know where they were and didn't have a place. And, you know, the way I look at it is like, I'm a light bulb in a dark room for them and they will come to me and, uh, every once in a while. I just made a. Crazy connection. Uh-oh. You know how you've channeled my friend a number of times? Yeah. She's buried in that cemetery by your house. <laughs> that's where that's where she was laid to rest. I'm almost certain it's the one by your house. Crazy. There you go. James. <laughs> she has been coming up in our dynamic as friends through your mediumship for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
she keeps coming up. Uh, two episodes ago, you yeah. were like, I got to tell you a message. Yeah. Yeah. They laid her body to rest in that cemetery by your house. <laughs> I've never. How long have you lived there? Eight years. Never made the connection. Mm-hmm. I do have a hard time with cemeteries. I will say that. Yeah. I, I think, don't, I, think, I don't, I'm, I don't do well at them. Yeah. I think people, uh, that's a common thing. And, and it's funny because, you know, if I am in my channeled space where I feel really connected and I am, I am with spirit and spirit is with me and all that stuff. I, none of this stuff bothers me, but if I was sleeping and I was just sort of enjoying myself and something pushed my mattress, I would probably freak out. That's a new for me, (laughs) but I was, I mean, I think it happened at the right time because I was in the space and, and I just said to them, you know, can, can you let me finish my work please? Cause I'm, I'm in the middle of work. And I need to do this. And they were respectful of that? Not at all. They kept pushing. Oh. But like I said, th- th- this was a kind of an unstable person. And, and the parts of the that that remain in the closest to the physical plane are the ones that are physical plane based. So the contrast based emotions like fear and anger and separateness and loneliness and all those are the feelings that tend to stay back. And this person was very confused and they were they kept saying, I'm, I'm on a journey and, and I don't know where I'm going. And I was like, okay, so I just sort of helped them move, move on. And, um, you don't think there's any sort of coincidence or irony or message in maybe the thing that you were particularly channeling at that time that brought them in? What What's the topic you were channeling? The, the topic we're going to, that they want us to talk about now is companionship. You don't think there was any connection there? Maybe, maybe that energy was there. I have, I didn't put the connection together. I just, like I said, in, in my, my. Cause that's never happened when you were channeling before. N- not for channeling for this. I mean, it's an experience. I'm not, un- I mean, tapping of the bed is a new one, but um, like the pushing of the bed, but I, um, uh, I mean, you know, they've, they've come through sometimes. They, they you know, sometimes you'll tell me, you'll be like, Oh, I just did a, I think you told me this earlier today even. Oh, I just did a reading and then an entity came with me. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's a no. <laughs> you can't come to my house with that. Um, yeah, it's, it's it, it, yeah, it's just, I guess. I just have curiosity because I'm like, yeah. anytime something like that happens in the middle of something like what you're doing, I'm just so always curious about like, was that intentional? Is there a meaning? Is there? Um, I don't know. I think this person, I think I'm I'm tuning into that part of me more. Um, so it was like an open door kind of. Yeah. And they saw their opportunity. They were lost. They're like, oh, here's a light. And they follow the light and leads them to me. And I, I acknowledge them. I recognize them. You know, I can sense them. I see them. Yeah. And do you see? No. I mean, when I say see, I mean, I see in my mind. I don't see 3D. I don't see it in front of me, but I see it in my mind. And um, uh, that's, um, yeah, there's, there's someone in there. <gasps> James, I do, I'm James. Why? I don't, I, I gotta be honest. This stuff is, I, this is harder for me. Yeah, I get it. Um, can you, can you help? I need you to just help me understand what it is. Uh, it's a person that's associated with this building. How old is this building? I think it was reconstructed after the earthquake in the eighties. Yeah. Early nineties. But I mean, before that it was. This, it was the same building, but it got ruined in the earthquake. Yeah, I know. 80s. But before that, when did, when was it built? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, early 1900s, right? Yeah. So it's someone that's associated with the building. I I'm a little distracted. So I like, cause as I'm talking about it, like, I think he was like, Oh, you're, 
like it just again that, that light bulb turned on and so Katie's like, I'm never coming here alone to clean up. Does anyone have any matches? <laughs> um, James. So I'm going to just tell the person to pause and like, let me do my thing. And then we'll deal with it later. I'm not going to be able to use the restroom during this call, no, during he, this it's recording. Fine. He's just more curious than anything. He's scared that I'm going to disrupt. He's got a pretty good thing going here. He's like, he lives in this building. He's like, this is my space. This is my building. This is, this is where I am. Are you, what are you doing here? I, I'm keep, I keep to myself. I, I don't, no one bothers me. Are you going to bother me? That's kind of his vibe. He wants to know, make sure I'm not going to bother him. I'm going to start working from home. <laughs> so um, anyway, so in terms of the channel. <laughs> James, I'm, I'm sorry. You just told me a man was living in my office. <laughs> I often work here alone. Yes, and I'm not going to But say, I, there's no threats. No. There, but no. it is hard to, uh, to... I know that this is your day-to-day, apparently, yeah. but and this is not my day-to-day. So he has been here the entire time you've been here. And there's no threat. There's no okay. worry. He's perfectly fine with what you're doing. He's actually really okay. He's a little protective, actually, of you and what's going on here. He's like, yeah, these are my people. They come here and work and they do their thing and they leave and they're productive and they, oh. they keep to themselves. And he's specifically uh. looking at me going, what are you going to do? Like, I don't trust you. I don't. And so I'm not going to do anything to you. I, if you want to move on, I'm happy. If you want to move from this place, I'm happy to help you do that. But I, I don't. Well, now I'm a little attached to him. Yeah. Like I don't, like I don't I, uh, um, I'm yeah, I, I'm just letting him know that I'm not a threat to him. Like okay. I, I, you, you can live your life. I'm good. I'm How good. old is he? I would say seventies, early seventies. Tell me about him. <laughs> if I come to work with him every day, tell me, I'm curious. Yeah. I want to. Uh, so the name that I'm getting is John and, uh, I feel like he's connected to the building and I don't know whether that means he was like a caretaker, a manager of the building or whether he owned the building. I can't tell the difference. He just feels a sense of ownership. And I don't know whether that is because he cared for the building or whether the okay. was the space was his. And this is just where he found his purpose. Why are you making that face? Why are you doing what you're doing? Because I could have sworn I saw something move across. <laughs> James. But the window. I'm going to need to take a prescription medication <laughs> before I come to these things. Okay. Okay. Is it, do you think it's him or a different thing? Uh, uh, no, I think it was probably him. Okay. John is what we think it is. Yeah. I think it's John. And I, yeah, I think part of it is, is he's been invisible for so long and he sort of functioned in the background and no one really acknowledged him. Um, and I think that's what he, he's just weirded out. The fact that I'm acknowledging, acknowledging him. him and communicating with him in that way. Is he okay that I am here and that now I know he's here? Yeah. Cause like I said, he, he, I, he just needs to feel comfortable it's almost like sometimes they feel threatened by 
this energy being in the, like my awareness being available to mm-hmm. them. If that makes sense. Yeah. So like, that's what I'm feeling is like this nervous, like anxious. So when you reassure him, does that offer him anything? He just needs to, to trust. He just needs to, to trust what I'm doing. No, it's funny. Like, yeah, I just. You and I have a dear friend, Amy. We love her. She listens to these episodes. And this is where you, she will eat every word you say. But when you start talking about the entity, like when you did that one time when we were in her house, her old house, Uh you rocked her. (laughs) You rocked her. I mean, if it kind of rocks me. She, I think, yeah, I think it, that the outs, the the people who have passed and the the spiritual entities that still exist that we can't see, I think she's afraid that she's going to get harmed, which I think that's very, like, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm like, I'm coming to this office by myself. Is this Absolutely. person safe? That's, that's, that's yeah. what most people feel. And that's a fear. You know, you've seen so much in the media and, and, and movies. And um, uh, I just, uh, I know that, that we have a future episode coming up that talks about protection. Um, and I know that our Archangel Michael wants to come and talk to us about protection. Oh my God. I, I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I love Archangel Michael. Everybody loves Archangel Michael. Everyone loves Michael. Everybody loves Michael. Michael's amazing. And so, um, and during that podcast, I know we're going to talk about, um, um, some of the, some of the ideas that they have given me and they talk about. And one of the, um, things that they say is, and I'm just going to say it cause I think it's apropos cause I want to calm some of your fears is, um, like if you go camping, I mean, theoretically speaking, <laughs> cause we know I ain't going camping. Um, <laughs> let's say one enjoys the act of camping. And <laughs> And they go camping right in there, having their little campsite and they wake up in the morning and the campsite's completely overturned. The table's upturned, the trash is all emptied, um, the coolers spread out and there's garbage all over the floor because a bear came through your camp in the middle of the night. Are you going to think the bear is evil or is the bear just being a bear? And that's what they really want me to understand and really the, the perspective they take is, you know, this kind of stuff is, you know, it's not evil. It's just doing what it does. And so you're not. So I think maybe you could calm myself and probably others fear is like when an entity has, like when a human being has passed and an entity remains spiritual entity, can they physically harm us or psychologically or emotionally yeah. harm us? Yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> to cut that out. <laughs> I was I was waiting for you to be like, no, 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 they're just being. You don't have to worry about anything. No, some of them are just being. And no, this is not going to ease my fear. Okay, game. well, I didn't know that that was my job. <laughs> but they can physically and emotionally and psychologically they can harm you. Physically harm you, sure, but um, yeah, but that's not super common. Um, I think that those are the things that we see the most of because it's easy to record and scare people, and you see the videos and th- those kinds of things. Um, they have the ability to physically interact with us 100%. 100%. How else would they touch me? How else would they push my bed? I, okay. 
Oh my god! <laughs> Let's go to the channel. I I'm at capacity with paranormal activity. I can't. So, okay. So, um, we will acknowledge John's presence. Yes. I will not be afraid of John. No, there's no reason to be afraid of him. Okay. He's his energy. His fo- attention is focused on me. Great. Um, okay. Anyway, <laughs> that was a huge sidebar. The point of me starting this was to say they pulled me out of a, the middle of the channel and then I went back to the channel afterwards. So, um, I, I'm going to be curious to see if I can feel the difference in <laughs> like being super connected to like going out of it and then go back you know into what? it. Can I just say one more thing about it though? That is kind of weird is that I've done, um, readings before with you and other people. And it is a very common thread that whoever they're communicating with to me, they always say, oh, this person's here to protect you. You've said that to me before in my other house. Mm. You said that to me here. A channel that I worked with a couple of weeks ago said that about me about something else too. Mm. So I actually take a lot of like, huh, yeah. that's a cool theme. The, the, the spirit, the spirit world, the energetic world, because there's different aspects to it. And as obviously we don't want to get into it. We don't need to get into it here. It's neither the time nor the place, but I mean, it's kind of the place. I was going to say, it feels like the place. (laughs) But um, uh, there's a bunch of different stuff out there, right? And if you're talking about specifically about people that have recently passed and the residual energy that remains, um, those are different than the other, your higher beings, like the guides that are here for, that that are coming here specifically to support you, guide you, give you knowledge, make your life easier, um, help you out. Yeah. Um, so, and sometimes they're the same, like people that, you know, that have passed are coming and doing that for you. Um, sometimes people you don't know that are doing that for you. And sometimes it's things that have never been, uh, on the earthly pain. So, um, just, just, there's a host of stuff. There's a variety of stuff that's out there. Um, and the majority of it is not out there to harm you. And, um, uh, so that's why like the bear analogy is like, yeah, if you piss a bear off, the bear's going to bear's going to attack you. That doesn't make the bear evil. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference between like evil intent and just the bear doing what it's going to do. You, you you leave a bag of food out. The bear's going to come and eat the food. That kind of thing. So. All right. Well, let's get into the channel. (laughs) And it's just freaking out because you keep looking out the window, but I'm not. No more. I'm going to get a Next time you come in, I'm going to have a curtain on the window right there. So, okay. So this topic, okay. the topic we're going to do now is called, is about companionship, which that was, was really interesting. I'm like, okay. And again, we are talking about uh conflict is still in the vein of conflict resolution. Um, which is all of reducing season two. Conflict. Yeah. Uh, most of season two. I don't, I feel like the first number of topics are going to be more focused on the conflict resolution. And I think the other, uh, or not conflict resolution, but reducing conflict. And I think that the other ones uh, in the future are going to be uh, less so. Not necessarily about that, under okay. that umbrella specifically. Yeah, so companionship is definitely under that umbrella. Okay. That was just me checking in. Okay. <laughs> Katie is freaked out. I'm blacking out in this episode. <laughs> I will not remember anything from today. Okay. Okay. So um, there you go, companionship. Glasses on. Um, All right. Join us as we provide for you information that will ease and smooth the wrinkles of your life. Your expression here is one that is presented with internal challenges to overcome, 
process, and release to bring greater communion to the world around you and your highest self. This process is one of continual learning and experiencing the inner workings of your energetic self and emotional self. A continual learning, exploring, and understanding that brings greater knowledge of who you are and greater connection to yourself. Greater connection with yourself brings greater connection to the world around you. More connection breeds more connection. Hear us when we say to you that you must experience happenings in your world in order to produce the change and connection that is needed for growth. If you are supposed to experience choice and circumstance that is meant to push up against unconscious beliefs, then you must experience life. You must have those experiences. You are not designed to isolate, but to confront. The way you are meant to overcome separateness is to experience situations that offer the opportunity for communion. These will not always be successful, but your duty is to understand why. Come to peace with that aspect of you and make new attempts. Learning comes from the pushing up against other. The push and experience and interpretation of that push is what drives the behavior that needs reflection. We truly wish to help you see that the experiences that you have on this planet are meant to facilitate growth and expansion in your understanding of who you are. They are experiences designed for you. Wow. They are designed to produce opportunities for reinforcement or to invite examination and growth. All for you. There is no attack, no master plan to destroy you. Only opportunities to reveal the forces moving inside you, your thoughts, beliefs, and reactions that guide your choices. Why are you choosing? What are you choosing? Do you understand this process in you? Do you feel it happening? Are you aware that your choices are occurring continually and constantly? Each choice, knowingly or unknowingly, is bringing you toward reinforcement of knowledge or the opportunity to explore, challenge, and understand a theory. <laughs> Stop looking out the window. Okay, I'm going to try not to. I'm is not, he getting your I'm attention? Not, is that what's happening? He's just pushing again. I, I can still, he, he's, it's less, but he, I can he's, just. There's persistence. Yes. Yeah. Um, it just, it's hard from this angle that I'm looking at yes. and then you're looking, I'm like, it, it's, a, it's a bizarre experience, James. For right now I'm not, it's more that I just feel a push okay. against me. Like I okay. feel an energetic push and okay. it, it's just a little like, it's a little distracting for me because I'm like, okay. leave me alone. So. Pause for a moment. Okay. When you were doing this channel, an entity, a, a man visited you mm -hmm. and interrupted you and made you lose your focus. And while you're reading the channel, the same thing is happening. Do you not find that weird? <laughs> this is never, ha you, James, come on. That's weird that you told me when you saw me this morning, when I was doing this, I had kind of a unique experience because like, yeah, I connect with people who have passed and spiritual yeah. beings that are still here. And, and, but for this particular reading, it kept coming back and that's happening right now while you're reading it. Okay. I just think that's crazy. Let me sit with that. Okay. I can, I can sit with that experience. Okay. So, um, 
this is an important thing. This is something they've never said to me before. This is something I've never heard them say. Uh, So I've heard them say, yes, everything is done for you. But the way they're describing it is there are everything that comes at you is either to reinforce your knowing, to reinforce what you already know or what you've accomplished. And they're giving you an example of, see, this is, this is good. This is what you've learned. And we're reinforcing your, your learning of that or an opportunity to question a theory. Those are the two things that are being presented to you all the time. Reinforcement or the opportunity to question. And in our last episode, we talked about theory a lot. So, okay. Okay. You just haven't said that word before. Yeah, I know. They use it again here. Each choice. And then, so in that process, we get to make choices as we're presented with stuff. So do you understand that you're constantly choosing? Do you understand that that choice never goes away? That that is how you're maneuvering through life? Um, Do you feel that happening? Are you aware that your choices are occurring continually and constantly? Each choice, knowingly or unknowingly, is bringing you toward reinforcement of knowledge or the opportunity to explore, challenge, and understand a theory. Okay. It's not against you. It's not attacking you. It's for you. It's for you. And it's giving you either the the chance to say, oh yeah, that just reinforced something that I know. That's amazing. Or do I need to explore this more? Do I need to figure this out? It is a process that leads us to speaking on companionship. This is a vital aspect of your journey and experience on earth. There are many interpretations of this word and expressions of these relationships in your plane. We speak of relationships that bring kinship, connection, and opportunities for growth, reflection, and understanding who you are. The companionships can be brief or a lifetime, but neither is less valuable as they both provide the opportunities for learning. We wish to describe a successful relationship with you as this is a word that is often used. Usually this word is used to describe the length of a relationship. And we wish for you to understand that the length of a relationship has little to do with the success of it. Which is, I just have to pause you there. What is praised in our modern day society? We were married for 50 50 years. years. Congratulations. Okay, just want to. And again, there those theories, those things that we accept in society as norm, and they're saying let's 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 use an active interpretation of these words. How are we actively living, examining, understanding this process that's happening? Can you engage in a new way? Can you not take any of that knowledge for granted? Usually this word is used to describe the length of a relationship and we wish for you to understand that the length of a relationship has little to do with the success of it. What does success look like? What does it feel like? A successful relationship, the most satisfying, are the ones most typically experienced with the greatest alignment to yourself. No matter the length, the most touching and impactful relationships are experienced when you are in the most alignment and communion with yourself. In this space, you were able to more clearly show your wants and needs. You were more easily able to see and allow the other person's self 
and not feel threat. You were able to expose your inner self, desires, and dreams, and not allow fear or future determine your reaction. And it's funny because this is what I kept thinking about when I was doing this part of the channel. I thought, <laughs> when you have a one-night stand, um, not that I've had any experience with that, <laughs> uh, it's like the gay currency um, <laughs> but honestly those relationships or those brief encounters I mean typically I, I didn't have one night stands but I had a, a lot of very physical relationships <laughs> this is our most wild episode to date <laughs> we're all over the place but what what kept coming what com came up for me is those relationships were incredibly satisfying to me. Were a, they? A, apart, apart from the sexual stuff, right? But because it was very, um, I don't want to say cut and dry, but it was very honest. They were very honest interactions. They were just there to have fun. I was there to have fun and have a good time. And I didn't feel the need to put on any show. I wasn't anybody different than I was. But how against the grain that theory is? this short-term physical relationship was satisfying to me versus the comparison of congratulations, you've been married 50 years. Yeah. And I think it like would not like people would not accept that as truth. Pe people would have a hard time. People have a hard time understanding that, but I also understand like not, I mean, they'll talk about it a little bit later, but not every relationship needs to be forever for it to be satisfying, for it to be meaningful, for it to be important for you. And so and, and they're, the key word they're looking at is satisfying. Like you can be in a 50 year marriage. How many people do you know that have been married over 10 years and have a satisfying relationship? You're waiting for an answer. Yeah. I mean, here's the reality is I could never know that because I could never be in the minds of other people. Of course. But I do know. So I'm going to be nice. <laughs> But I do know <laughs> that what we determine as success in our modern day culture as it as it pertains to companionship and long-term relationships and marriage <laughs> is different than the than the definition of satisfaction. Yes. And so where I think the most important this is my perception of what's the most important thing to focus on when you talk about this is one the acknowledgement and awareness that society de determines long-term committed marriages as successful. And, well, and, um, yeah. And I would say that, that there, the successful relationship has a consistent pattern, monogamous forward moving, meaning they move in together. You get married. Yeah. You have children. children. The little, that is a successful marriage. Yeah. And how many people are buying into that? accepted norm that is being handed to them instead of knowing and understanding what is knowledge inside of them. As a person who purchased, <laughs> who subscribed to that channel. Yes. It would make, I, I uh, and you did too at one point. Mm -hmm. We all, most of us do. I thought that was going to cure me. It, it, it makes people uncomfortable today when I say certain things like this. 
even my, sometimes my partner, when I use the word partner, they're like, oh, you're a lesbian. <laughs> Which, trust me, I wish I was. Um, <laughs> kind of over the the men in the world, the straight men in the world. Um, uh, sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, but they, it's like, it, it just fascinates me because I'm like, I've told my partner this, my my straight male husband. You know, husband, that I actually don't subscribe to the marriage channel anymore. And I actually don't believe. What I subscribe to now is spiritual partnership. And the reality of spiritual partnership is that you can't make a promise that it lasts forever. Right. It's the actual opposite of a marriage. And so sometimes my partner struggles with these con with this particular concept. Yes. He probably is okay for me to acknowledge publicly that he has a little he he's worked through a lot of like more insecure attachment style. So someone with with that uh vis like with that background or that part of their their human experience and and learning is that he wants to subscribe to spiritual partnership and marriage at the same time. And I'm like you can't do that. That they, they're not the same thing. Marriage is as society has defined it. As so, is, yeah. Yes. So you have to redefine what marriage is and you have to but make remember sure that how we talk about the words are really important, James. A hundred percent. And, and yes. And, and so I, I can't, I can say I redefined marriage, but I'm going to the, and people get to do whatever works for them, but I'm going to the length of, I'm actually not going to use that word anymore because with that comes a lot of energy that I no longer to subscribe to. For instance, for instance, like the history of marriage is rooted in patriarchal dominance and oppression. Ownership. Ownership. Um, uh, longevity. All of these things. And I don't subscribe to those things. Now, could I be with my partner for the rest of my life? Absolutely. But I will not say that that will happen. Because that is me saying, I know what's best for me. And that I have no trust in outside of a like a higher power or a higher self outside of my physical existence. And so I will not subscribe to that anymore. Um, and I know that that like that, if my parents heard that they would <sighs> the end of a marriage, like I've asked my partner numerous times, do you think that we should just, there's a part of me and I, I haven't actually felt like I should do this. So I haven't done it yet, but there is a part of me who's like, I'd like to get a legal divorce and have a partnership with you. I don't want to leave the relationship. I just don't want to subscribe to that channel anymore. And it's okay if other people want to. One of my best friends just got married. I was at her wedding. I was a part of it. I'm, I'm okay with other people doing it. But where I am today, I don't just subscribe to those things anymore because they keep me away from me. Mm -hmm. They keep me away from me. Yeah. That's not your knowledge. It just, it fascinates me. So that's one part of why I think this is really important the awareness of what that means and just acknowledging, yeah, I am subscribing to that or no, I'm not. Or, and, and, and that's if okay. We, if we, if we redefine uh, this, a successful relationship as being, was it satisfying? Is it satisfying me? Then the pressure is released and you, we can understand that we can have relationships that are satisfying, but that don't last forever. And that time has nothing to do with the success Nothing at all to do with the success of a relationship. Which I think brings me to my second point that I think is 
super important, especially for women, James. I know that this isn't necessarily true in your world, but I really want to highlight this for the women who are listening, which is looking for that one person who will fulfill your everything, who will be your partner for the rest of time. I believe there could be beauty in that and there could be truth in that and that could exist. But there also is another way too. And so I'm not saying that, like I said, I could be with my partner for the next 50 years. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, is as a female in our modern day society, it is deeply ingrained in us. You are not worthy unless you have a male counterpart, uh, specifically a husband. If you do not have that, you do not have meaning in this life. And I think it's really important to address that because the definition of that is everything that's opposite of what you're just saying. It's marriage, it's longevity, it's long-term commitment, it's, it's number of years, it's permanence. Yeah. And so- what you're talking about is something that's pretty much opposite of that. And I think it could be freeing for a lot of women because a lot of women live. It's so funny because I have friends who are not in a marriage who look at me and go, Oh, are you, you have this long-term thing. And I'm like, I hear you. Uh, I'm what, whatever, like I, you know, and they're like, Oh, I wish I could not hold so much value because even though you have it, I can see you don't hold as much value. Or I wish I could do that. And I'm like, you could, you just make the decision. You, you, you have to understand what's inside of you and trust that as being the guiding principle and not anything that's external. And the other thing that's really difficult that I recognize as an uphill battle is this perception that I hold as a female where I go, yeah, I'm not going to subscribe to that anymore. My worth, my success, my is not tied to to long term marriage, is not accepted by the society either. So I am looked at like a radical, feminist, crazy woman for having these perceptions, and it used to bother me. And now I just go, well, that's your stuff because I get to define what feels not successful but satisfying, satisfying. for me. Yeah, and so I just want to empower the women who are listening to this, that it's your internal value system, your internal meter of satisfaction, whatever that may be, it's different for everybody, that actually determines satisfaction, not these social constructs. And that understanding that if you look back on your most satisfying relationships, you will always see the common thread is how aligned with who you truly are you were that that is the hallmark of a successful relationship. Because if you can stay aligned with who you are, you can meet someone who comes into your life that is not there for that. That is not, you know, does not reflect that back to you. They will not stay in your life. They will leave and you will not be upset that they go. So it doesn't become a, a thing. And the people that can reflect that and hold that, they stay in your life and they may not be there for very long. But you were satisfied because you were exposing who you truly were. So that part of you could be touched. That part of you could be recognized, acknowledged, seen. And that's what makes it successful. I just. 
And so those are the relationships they're talking about in this. They're talking about those relationships, those companion, that's call them companionships. I really hope this, this empowers women who are listening. I wanted to empower everyone. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to take, I'm not trying to take it away that yes, I understand women's understanding because uh, when you were just talking, I thought like how much of our society is geared toward women looking pretty women and for what purpose? So that they can get a husband. So they can get a husband. It's still the message that is conveyed. It kind of breaks my heart to be honest with you. Because you spend so much of your energy focused on that, that you never live for yourself. You live for the validation of other. Of that idea. And it is not even real. It's not even embedded in any truth. It's just supported by the masses. And so it's hard to not believe it. Yeah. It, it, It makes actually the work that I do, even like in my business, so meaningful for me. And the understanding that if you are feeling dissatisfied, whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship, and you were living by these other theories, there's a reason you're dissatisfied because they aren't your truth. And they may be someone's truth. They may there it's not that there aren't people out there that this satisfies them deeply and this was their calling and it it is resonates with them. And this is their knowing. This is the the seat of their knowing. But there's lots of people where that's not the case. And it's totally fine for you to explore why you're not satisfied. Complete. It's expected of yeah, you. I don't, think we're, not, I don't think we're saying you shouldn't get married and long term. No, no. We're not saying that. Mm-mm. I think what we're saying is that that definition has to lie within yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel satisfied in that narrative, that's okay. That's and okay. it's okay to explore that. And that is why you should be exploring it. That is the universe showing you. That is your internal gauge saying is this reinforcement of my knowing or is this an opportunity opportunity for me to explore a theory that I'm holding, that I'm living by, which may not be my truth, my knowledge? You've got two choices, reinforcement or an ask to explore. That's it. Okay. We provide this experiential knowledge to you for you to better understand the idea of successful and begin to loosen the grip on the ideas of successful relationships and companionships. We speak of companionships as soul-to-soul connections that you experience on your planet, whether that be close ties with friends or lovers, children or parents, for family does not mean companion. Pretty self-explanatory. Some of the most meaningful relationships in my life are my friendships. Not to discredit my partnership. Right. But they bring me a tremendous amount of satisfaction. Of course. Uh, And and you know what's so funny? I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this, even though I don't, I feel afraid. I grew up in an environment that told me if your husband was not your number one priority, you had some real problems and you needed to adjust. And as an adult, I have cultivated extremely meaningful connections with three or four friends in particular. And I have been pushed up against that belief 
over and over and over again. Because when you have meaningful connections like that, that brings satisfaction, you organically create space for those. So I have been judged. I have been questioned for the amount of space and time and commitment I give to my friendships. And I have to just say, thank you for your opinion. I'm good. I'm way more than good. Well, I think too, the other thing is that there should be, I think part of what they're saying is you get to release. So I'm talking as a parent that if we understand that our family is not necessarily our companion, nor should it be that as a parent, you are not responsible for your child in that way that you aren't necessarily your child's companion. It's actually probably harms them to be. Right. And so what they're saying is if if they're out seeking other people, that's great. Let it go. It's not about you. I know. And this is why I'm, I've never felt this way when you've done an episode with me around so much of this like female energy because women are told whether we're blatantly told or not, in addition to the husband that you have to get, once you have that child or children, ooh, that's your life now. That's your world now. Nothing outside of that matters. And if it does, you're a bad parent. (sighs) It's... It just... I feel sad for myself and for other others who have given so many years under this belief system and neglected these parts of themselves that are so important for their own life. And I know that it's part of the journey. It's part of the journey. And I fight myself in it all the time. But, I, but to, to really understand, to be conscious, to be aware of the expectation that we are supposed to be everything to our partners or our partners are supposed to be everything to us. Family things, the family's the only thing that matters. How many times do we hear that? And, and I do have to say there's an experience uh, about, uh, uh, there's this saying and, and understanding in the gay community that you get to choose your family because so many people in the <gasps> gay community oh, yeah. are ostracized from their family. That you get to choose. You get to choose your family. And there's just. Uh, I just want to say the gay community offers so many beautiful gifts. <laughs> they do. And and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Not all not all the time. This is a this. I, that there is something profound. About having to come out. Where you are revealing a part of you that's nobody else's business. You have to live your authentic truth. For some people in the gay community, they can't hide it. And you have to be your authentic self where you have, A, it, it, is, it is recognized by everyone because you cannot hide it or you have to declare it and you have to make that statement. And when you reach that level of honesty with yourself, I mean, there's obviously emotional, psychological repercussions that can't, that may happen, but in the community, we've all had to do that. And it's like, 
going through a process of revelation that other communities do not have to do. And it, it's, uh, it's that choice that family isn't about companionship and understanding that and not putting that burden on it. And your partner doesn't have to be your everything because it can satisfy a lot of you, but it ain't going to satisfy everything. And it's fine if it doesn't. That doesn't mean you're failing. That doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. As a parent, as a child, as a brother or a sister, as a partner, as a spouse, you those relationships aren't don't have to be satisfying in every single way. I think that's a really powerful message, and I hope people can um, really sit with that. Yeah, and it's so you know we've talked about this a number of times, and I think it's important to reiterate right now, especially reaching for for the, those higher parts of you, those satisfying parts of you do not happen in big steps overnight. So there's nothing to be overwhelmed about. It's okay just to sit with it and think about it. Mm -hmm. And that that's the first step. Yeah. And uh, they will say to be done today. Right. And they will say, you don't even need to do anything except acknowledge this is, this is moving inside of you. And once you acknowledge it and recognize it, things will begin to change for you because you will be looking at the world from a different lens and then your decisions will be different. That's all it takes. Okay. I'm going to keep going. Companionship provides deep opportunities for confrontation and exposure to your unconscious beliefs and therefore greater communion. Much like your highest self, the other soul can reflect back to you a better version of yourself, either the image that they see and hold or the areas of you that you believe are lacking. Both of these scenarios can be uncomfortable to experience. These are only feelings and observations that are contained within and are not the truth that is contained in your connection with and reflection of your highest self. That's a very complicated paragraph. You want to explain further? Yes. So what they're saying is that when you are in companionship with someone else, that provides, and you are in true companionship with someone else, much like that idea of the reflection of yourself above you in the mirror that is always above you, that that other soul can provide a reflection back to you of who you are. And it can reflect back to you, oh, sometimes you're selfish, sometimes you're short, sometimes you're angry, sometimes you're moody, and that can be uncomfortable to see. Does that make sense? You're saying that if you're in a relationship, you're going to be triggered? (laughs) Is that what you're suggesting? Yes, it's an opportunity for reflection. And so you stand in the reflection of that other person, and that other person can act like your soul, right? You're like your highest self. They're going to trigger the fuck out of you. Yeah. Okay. And so it's um, either it's saying like, these are your bad parts, or you reflect internally yourself to them and go, oh, I don't, I'm not that generous. I'm not that good at cooking. I'm not whatever. So you either see I'm this partner, this companion is amazing and I'm not living up to that standard. You either see the deficits. Or you see like internally, oh, I wish I could do this more. I wish I could be this way. I I see what I'm lacking inside. And so both of those scenarios are uncomfortable. 
Okay. But it provides the opportunity to see those in ourselves, to recognize those pieces of ourself. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, these are only feelings and observations that are contained within and are not the truth that is contained in your connection with and reflection of your highest self. So even though you feel those in reflection with your partner, those are just feelings you have within and they aren't necessarily reality and they are not the same thing as your connection to your highest self. Mm. That they're still distinct. Okay. What? I feel like that's just like, it, it kind of goes against that concept that you, well, maybe I'm just not understanding it right, but it kind of goes against that concept that you hear when like you see something in someone else, it's just a reflection of something in you. Are you saying that that's not necessarily true? Well, they're correct. They're saying when you are basically comparing and contrasting yourself with your partner. Okay. Yes. They cause triggers. Right. But that, that, that person shouldn't be your ideal. Your, your higher self still remains your ideal. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. We wish to impress upon you that all relationships of this nature, companionships, involve a recognition by you of qualities in the other that you admire and feel you lack. Whether it is your companion's ability to perform tasks such as cooking or their ability to be social or engaging in a way you feel you are not, this dynamic is present in all of your companionships. Which would make sense as to why you'd be attracted to that person in the first place, because they possess something that you don't have. Yes. Understand that this is a typical part of a relation of the relationship. It is what draws you in and creates attraction and intrigue. This can lead to devaluing of yourself. If you recognize greater success in the other, but understand that your companion feels the same about you. You possess qualities that your counterpart admires as well. Why are you getting emotional right now? I want to better understand. Um, because, uh, my previous long-term relationship was so painful. Mm -hmm. um, and there were so many things in her that I admired. Um, her ability to uh, make decisions and not care what anyone else thought. Mm. Her ability to uh, push through things to get things done. And I recognize, and, sh and there were no quality in me that she reflected back to me that she admired. And I kept respecting and valuing and, and I understand now that those qualities that I admired in her were um, to an abnormal extent with her. And the reason she didn't care what other people thought was not necessarily from because, a healthy space, from a healthy space from the, because she was so sure in herself. 
And I, I am in a relationship now with a man who, with a person who truly sees me mm-hmm. and is present for me uh, in a way that I just didn't think existed. I mean, my, I really didn't think was real. Yeah. That I didn't think it, that, that I didn't understand was something that existed in the world. Mm-hmm. And so it's reading these words, reading this paragraph for me and, and channeling it. It was sort of a revelation for me. Yeah. And I'm going to keep reading it because they're going to tie up their point like they usually do, but that's why. So you're able to see, cause you, you started to your, your energy shifted and emotion came when you talked about how the other person also sees those things in you. So what I hear you saying is that in your previous relationship, you didn't felt seen in those parts. Yes. And truth be told, they probably existed, just not outwardly. Uh, probably. Yeah, they just weren't acknowledged. Right. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you have that now. Um, okay. Uh, understand that this is a typical part of the relationship. It is what draws you in and creates attraction and intrigue. This can lead to devaluing of yourself if you recognize greater success in the other, but understand that your companion feels the same about you. You possess qualities that your counterpart admires as well. We say this to allow understanding of equal value and worth, a reciprocal process that allows examination and exploration of who you are and the skills, talents, and abilities that you have and may not be aware of. Your companion is providing you Your companion is providing you the opportunity to see you through their eyes. Do you take that opportunity? Do you understand the power of that perspective? Wow. And I think it's something that I struggle with or that is very powerful for me because in my previous relationship, it was never reflected back to me. Mm -hmm. It was the exact opposite my experience of that relationship was that it was the exact opposite. And those messages, which I do have to say are reiterated in my childhood, um, not necessarily, you know, outward expressions of you're no good, but the, the, the contrast that I felt inside of what the standard of being good and acceptable was versus what was inside of me. Um, and so being in a marriage and a relationship like that, that was supposed to be not that was like that, but a little bit more outwardly and me sort of coming to term, trying to always be myself, always be who I am. I feel like I've been kind of successful with that in my sort of my whole life. Um, 
And, and then once I came out, once I left the marriage and came out and I was able to be that even more, I just didn't ever think that it was going to be reflected back to me. And when I when in relationship with Nathan, who I admire so much, his bravery and his skills and his determination to live exactly like he wants to live and explore who he is. And that moment when I experienced this channel and I thought, Oh, cause I know there's things he's in, he admires about me. He's, he's told me, but for me, for that moment to say, can you see what he sees? Can you be present enough to see what your partner is seeing in you? Because just like you admire things in them, they admire things in you. And can you see the things that, that your partner admires in you? Can you get out of your own head to, to see the reflection that, that your partner is holding up to you? that your companion is holding up to you, whether it's a friend, whether it's a lover, whatever. But understand that you are not devalued because the, because your companion has things that you admire. You're not devalued. It's not about value in that way. It's not one is more valuable than the other. And I just think that's an incredibly powerful, not many people, I think, pause and go, oh, my partner does find value in me. And if we... Well, because when you look at your partner and find value in them, you find deficit in yourself. Yes. And even if you, but are, that's a two way street, right? Yeah, like, right. so it doesn't have to be that perspective. Like that doesn't only have to be that perspective. Right. And I just found that to be uh, very profound for me. Like you, this is something that a companion provides. They provide that opportunity to see you through their eyes. And when they talk about companionship, I know you probably already said it and maybe they'll talk about it more, but does it have to be live in partnership or these things can be? No, these are friends. These are, um, you can even, you can have an encounter on the street. You can have an encounter in a coffee shop and you are exactly who you are and you are totally aligned and you have no desire to, be anybody different and you can have a five minute conversation with someone that can be incredibly satisfying and that person can reflect back to you who you really are. So the very idea and definition of companionship is different than what we've assigned it to in our human yes. modern day world. Yeah. And so that's why they use the word companionship. They're describing these particular kinds of relationships where you are yourself. Wow. And that's what they're speaking about. Okay, let me pull myself together. <laughs> I think that the other thing that was um, interesting was that this this idea that even though there was this relationship that I was very hurt from and uh, uh, left me, for lack of a better word, traumatized, um, but they're coming to terms with the fact that there were things I admired in her and um, that, that it's not, 
and we can still be in unhealthy relationships and admire things in other people. And, um, but I think because it wasn't reciprocated in that way, that it wasn't a real companionship. Mm. And I couldn't be my full self with her uh, out of fear. And that's my responsibility. And that's, that was my choice. Um, but that wasn't a companionship. Wow. That that's was, an important distinction for. Yeah. It was a relationship, but it wasn't a companionship. And that's something that actually makes me feel much better about that situation. Yeah. Understandably. Interesting. Okay. Here we go. Close companionship provides the challenge of staying firmly rooted in who you are as fear of losing that relationship can feel at odds with being who you truly are. Let us be clear when we speak to you that being connected to your highest self and knowing who you are will never lead to wrong decisions. It will never betray you. True companionship will value the deepest parts of you, will value and call for your growth and change. True companionship calls forth the highest alignment in you, and that in turn calls for the highest alignment in other. This is a great opportunity for challenge of beliefs, exposure of beliefs, so that they may be understood, processed, and lead to greater communion and knowledge of yourself. This creates the arena for living without connection to anything but who you truly are. The opportunity to not be bound by any attachment other than your most honest and true self. Close companionship does not limit your connection to your highest self. It invites more concretely and more continually. Time does not matter. Understand too that as growth occurs in each participant, energy and alignment changes as well. Trajectories continue and though trajectories may align for brief periods, eventually these trajectories can move apart. This is not the fault of you and guilt or blame should not be part of the processing of these occurrences for experience is there to bring you greater understanding of who you are or to reinforce what you already know. There are no mistakes. Remember who you are and do not be afraid of it. That was a, that's a good one, James. Good reminder. Good lesson to come back to self. Yeah. They, they, that last little piece that it's based sort of on an image they give me okay. about uh, two souls experiencing the world that, that all of us are expected to grow and change. That's, you know, understand ourselves better, which is going to lead to bigger revelations of who we truly are, what we want, what aligns with us, what our truth is, what our knowledge is. And our companions will be like, that's great. You keep growing, you keep learning, you keep doing you. That's amazing. And sometimes that growth will lead to someone changing and changing and changing to the point where your lives no longer intersect, or I should say they no longer run parallel. And then their trajectory will continue and yours will continue too. And they will just gradually grow apart. But that doesn't mean it's anyone's fault. 
if you were it just is, it just is. And if you were aligned with who you are and you were exposing yourself constantly, that's exactly what's needed to happen. Okay. So I have an interesting question for you and you can just say no, if you don't want to answer, <laughs> but do you feel like part of the reason you were not able to get that reflection back was because you weren't fully living your authentic self in that relationship. I mean, you were a gay man in a straight relationship. Do you think that that's part of it? Is I, that like you were showing parts of you, but you really won't sh weren't showing all everything, of you. Right. Uh, because I have this experience with my partner where, I mean, we've been together for a long time, 20 years. And we've gone through many different phases of development together. And there will be times where he will have like grown and then he'll be like, oh, well, I feel like you don't accept this part of me. And I'm like, but that part of you that you used to show, it's like, it's like that part of you that you used to show wasn't you. Mm -hmm. And now you are uh, melting more into you. And then you're taking my perception of kind of like maybe not accepting that part as like not accepting you. But sometimes I feel like there were parts of him that I haven't accepted. And when I look back, I do feel like it was because it wasn't him. Right. I can see that now where he wasn't him and where he is him. Does that make sense? Yes. And I can see the parts along the way that I admired and accepted and reflected and the parts where I felt like this doesn't feel right to me. And he felt that as rejection. So it just made me think about you. And it was like, not that the person that you're with, yeah. but I have curiosity if part of, part of that dynamic existed because you were not fully you. I 100% think that's the case. I 100% think that's the case. And I don't want to imply that the end of the relationship had anything to do with it being her fault. I, yeah, I'm, no, not, I'm not coming yeah. from this, from a point, a point of blame. Right. I'm just noticing. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. I think that there is a, because I, I, I was that version of you. Yeah. And I wasn't able to be that my 100% my full self. And the qualities that existed in me, this is the only thing I'd say is that I agree. Like I, I always have felt that I've tried to be who I truly am, like apart from the sexuality, but in terms of my empathy, in terms of my connection to people, my love of people and uh, connecting with people in that space, I've always done that. And um, even the things that existed outside of my, sex my sexuality, that my gayness, um, just human qualities, those were never reflected back to me. Mm. Those were never expressed. Those were never, in fact, they were ridiculed mm. in a sense. They were devalued and not passively. <laughs> I hear you. So, so I think that that is what, that that that's more of where I'm coming from, but okay. I I agree that the opportunity to reflect. But I'll I, also tell you this about you, that I've noticed. When you came out, all of the parts of you that already existed were much brighter. I'll tell you that. Hundred percent. I I I do feel your connection and your love and your empathy, but when you came out and said, "Okay, I'm gay." I actually also have all these spiritual gifts. Like when you really came, I'm not just saying like you came out with your sexuality. Yeah. You came out as you. Mm -hmm. And 
all of those things magnified in my opinion, because the person that I know today is a much different person than I knew before. And the person that I knew before wasn't an asshole or anything. Like you still had all of those qualities too. But I do see them shining a lot brighter. And so I think that even if you're straight and listening to this, all of us have to have a little bit of a coming out about who we really are. And I think that when we do that, the best parts of us shine brighter. And those are the parts that, I mean, the brighter it shines, the better it can reflect, right? 100%. Beautiful analogy. But I, but you are 100%. And, and so they are, th this channel was specifically about those close relationships, those companionships, and that we cannot have those unless we are aligned with who we are. We cannot have those unless we express that in those relationships. Does that make sense? Yes. And so all of that is like a supposition to having a companionship and that those companionships allow us to have all of these gains. They allow us to um, reinforce who we are. You know, we can meditate and we can feel connected and we can feel infinity and we can feel all those things, but we can also have a taste of that here in our life if we are willing to be who we truly are and then recognize it for what it is. And so I feel like one of the greatest gifts, I think there's two things that you could offer in companionship is the gift of who you truly are, but also the reminder for other, you know, I do tell my partner this sometimes, like I'm actually, I don't, I don't need to connect with the entrepreneur and the successful and the, this and the meditator. I don't, I just want to connect with you. So you actually don't even have to lead with those things. And that's probably why he's probably felt like rejected in the past and some of those things, because I'm like, I just, um, and don't get me wrong. I could have delivered my message more gracefully, but uh, <laughs> not your innocent bystander. Um, but yeah, that's an important message, James. And like we don't. And, and I think what you just said was really great. We don't have to lead with our badges. Companionship won't mean that you need to lead with your badge. Or your badges or your honors or your, you don't need to lead with any it's of like that stuff. It's like leading with your humanness. Mm -hmm. Leading with who you really are, which includes being a, which is being a human. And those are the, that's the biggest opportunity for growth because that is what will be reflected back to you. And that's what people are responding to. And that's, I mean. Powerful. So many, so many things to take away from today for sure. Yeah. All right. Wow. That was a, that was a good one. I'm going to go home and uh, give my partner an extra big hug. He is a ray of light. That one. He is amazing. He's one of my, I don't hang out with him much, but it's almost like I don't even have to, to appreciate him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. He's one of those people. Yeah. It, he's, he's just. Stop gatekeeping him. Let me over there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a very unique uh, he's a ray of light. Yeah. He is a unique soul. There's not many people like him uh, on the planet. He's, he's, he's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. 
All right. On that note, (laughs) (laughs) Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Have a good week, everyone. Bye.